0: I think our world is obsessed with truth, um, but maybe not in the way that we would prefer. Uh, You know, there's this whole idea that truth is relative, there isn't anything absolute, and yet at the same time, we try to hold each other to various levels of absolutes, right? And and, uh, usually, it's holding people to absolutes that we hold to be true while at the same time proclaiming that there isn't. It's fascinating to me. It's interesting to proclaim that truth is relative, and then become upset when objective truth is violated. And that's kind of what we're walking into here a little bit in, in terms of our study. We're going to be looking into what is true. And we're going through the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and, and I think it's really important that when it comes to faith, it's important that we believe what is true. To believe what is true, we need access to the most well-researched facts, the most um, confident claims that, that we can hang on to, and that there's proof of these claims to be accurate. And so that brings us to, to Luke. Like, why would we study Luke? Because Luke is one of these guys that, um, you know, you don't hear a lot about in the Bible. We know, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we know that he was a companion to Paul and things. And so you don't hear a lot about him, but we've got this guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament. I'll qualify that. He wrote the longest two books that, were in, that are in the New Testament, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And in writing these things, he's given us this, this incredible account of the early days of the church and absolutely the life of Jesus. And so... He's a pretty prominent person within the Scripture writing, but not necessarily within the biblical story. So why do we study Luke? Well, first thing is uh, because the Gospel of Luke has a universal audience. The the Gospels each have kind of a, a specific focus that they're leaning into. And Luke is one of these incredible guys who says, Listen, I'm going to be writing to a broader audience than just the Jewish community, or just having one particular point that I'm trying to get across. This is a universal appeal, so it's for everybody to be able to take in and understand. The second reason that we study Luke is because he's concerned about people in the margins. If you go through the book of Luke, you're going to constantly find people that are wrestling with life. And and I think that that's a relevant thing for us. And then thirdly, because he seems to be a lot like us. You know, we're people that when somebody makes a claim, we want to research that claim, right? I mean, we call the internet the information highway, we, and, and so then somebody makes a claim, and we do all this research to find out what the claim, whether or not the claim is actually, in fact, true. And so we, we are people who enjoy chasing down the facts, and Luke does the same thing here. He intends to investigate all the claims about Jesus and write them down in a very accurate book. And so... What's happening here with Luke is that he becomes this historian. And he's known in a variety of ways, right? He's known as a physician, he's known as an evangelist, uh, but he's actually also a historian. And if you really think about the writing that he's coming up with here, he's an apologist. He is giving us evidences of the claims that have been made in the day. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 4. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. And if you don't know where the gospel of Luke is, don't worry about it. I want you to go to the table of contents, use it. It's there to be able to be an encouragement and to help you figure out where things are. So Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Here's what it says. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those from whom were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account to you, or for you, most excellent Theophilus. Listen, and here is the purpose. So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for our time together, and I pray, Lord, that as we're looking through this introductory study on the book of Luke, uh, Lord, that we would have eyes that see, ears that hear, and Lord, that you would create within us a desire, a hunger for more of your word. In your name I pray, amen. So, here's a question. Have you ever experienced doubt? i mean i certainly know i have have you ever wondered about whether or not the gospel was true you know has there has this been this thing in the back of your mind that maybe you were wrestling with or maybe it's just in the forefront of your mind and you're just wondering look is this stuff even true in a 2007 interview for newsweek a well-known atheist best-selling author sam harris uh, he's quoted as saying this i don't want to pretend to be certain about anything I'm not certain about and that's a really interesting statement I don't want to pretend to be certain about anything that I'm not certain about I think Luke would agree with this statement this idea that we should be certain about the things that we believe we are certain about um, and that's actually I believe why he wrote the gospel Luke wrote his gospel to help people who didn't want to pretend to be certain who actually wanted to be certain and in his purpose Of the writing in verse 4 he actually even states it, right? He wants Theophilus to know the certainty of the things that he has been taught. So he wrote this gospel for people like you and me. People who weren't there, people who um, are, are knowing the stories and are in need of a sense of certainty about the stories, right? He wrote this gospel to help people have certainty. And so by examining Luke's efforts, we can learn that everyone can have certainty about who Jesus was and what he represented and the fact that salvation can, in fact, be available to us. See, this is the ultimate certainty that we need. We need the certainty about who Jesus is because if we're certain about who Jesus is, then we're certain about his teachings, we're certain about his promises, and we're certain about salvation. So, take a look at what was important to Luke and his study so then that way we can have confidence in the work that he put together so in verses one to three it says many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down by those whom were the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word with this in mind since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning I, too, decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So Luke isn't the first person to write about Jesus. This is what we know immediately in in this account. He's not the first person to write about Jesus. Um, And and the fact that we have Matthew, Mark, and then Luke is certainly obviously an indicator of that. But we know that others had written about who Jesus was and what he had done. In verse 1, he says, look, many have undertaken to compile a narrative, right? So perhaps Luke was thinking about the Gospel of Mark. It's believed that he certainly used Mark as part of his sources. The word many indicates that there were other writings as well, including works that no longer are in existence today. So Luke, he's not trying to be critical of these other works. He acknowledged that they had been written, um, that they were reliable accounts. But referring to the apostles, he noticed that they had all received their information from those who were, listen, eyewitnesses and ministers of the work. So people knew that the apostles and others knew Jesus personally and would, would not be around forever. So eventually they were going to pass away. And so it was important to write down the, the life experiences that they had with Jesus, the story of the most important person in all of history. And someone had already done that but luke wanted to write a story about jesus too and and it would seem as though luke was saying hey listen there needs to be something um, brought together here in in an orderly fashion we can say that uh, luke was deeply committed to historical accuracy and so he even claims right that he investigated things from the beginning he's witnessing these uh, sorry he's interviewing these eyewitness accounts Luke wanted to write a historically accurate and evangelistic compelling account so that everyone would have certainty about the person and work of Jesus. And so he says, it seemed good to me also having followed the things closely from the beginning to write an orderly account. It's interesting because during the 19th century, liberal Bible scholars tried to argue that Luke was a bad historian and that his gospel was riddled with factual errors. But what we have found is that in the past century, that assessment of Luke has been completely reversed. The more scholars learn about the ancient world, the more we see how accurate a historian Luke actually was. As a matter of fact, one modern historian has said this. Whenever modern scholarship has been able to check up on the accuracy of Luke's work with the judgment, the judgment has been unanimous. He is one of the finest and ablest historians of the ancient world interesting some people say that in order to believe the gospel we must jettison our reason and just simply have faith but the fact is is that the gospel is grounded in history and this is what luke is trying to help offer his this person theophilus and by extension offer to us luke was an outstanding historian and he didn't write a particularly fictional account of jesus it's not what he was after He wrote a historically accurate account about Jesus, the person, and the work. So historical accuracy is present within the Gospel of Luke. The other thing that we find that Luke did in putting together this Gospel is he did what we would call careful research, right? Verse 2 to 3, he says, Just as they were handed down to us by those from whom we're first who were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account, Most Excellent Theophilus. So to write a book that was historically accurate, Luke had to do extremely careful research. He didn't just write nice stories about Jesus in his spare time. In fact, careful research requires skilled handling of information which is one of Luke's character traits. We sense from his literary style, actually. Uh, we, the, his introduction to the Gospel of Luke is one long polished sentence in Greek um, and actually in English. Like, listen, we will say it again. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been filled, fulfilled among us, just as they have been handed down by those from whom we're first high witnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, sorry, servants of the word, okay, so with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you might know the certainty of the things you have been taught. And so there is this language or this way of writing that's in the Greek that, that, um, When one formulates things, it flows in a way. It's almost rhythmic. Um, Luke uses this common formal introduction to books that was used by ancient historians. And so what Luke was doing was patterning uh, his careful research and the opening lines of the Gospel of Luke, patterning that after other ancient historians. I mean, listen to how similar Luke's introduction is to the introduction of uh, uh, Thucydides who gave a famous history of the uh, Peloponnesian War. So here's the quote from the Peloponnesian War writing. But as to the facts of the occurrences of the war, I have thought it my duty to to give them not as uncertain from any chance of informant, nor as seemed to me to be probable but only after investigating with the greatest possible accuracy each detail in the case of both the events in which I myself participated and of those regarding which I got my information from others, and the endeavor to discover these facts as a laborious task. Do, do you see the similarities? There's a lot of overlap. There's a way of writing a historically accurate account in the ancient days. And so like uh, Thucydides, Luke wrote in a formal style. This is a very formal writing. This is an academic writing which is appropriate for an educated audience in the ancient world. So, though Luke possessed excellent literary skills, he wasn't an eyewitness to the events of Jesus. He admits that right in the very beginning and and quite honestly distinguishes himself from those who had been eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word. So, Luke wasn't an apostle. Uh, but he was a close companion of the apostles, and it seemed to him a good idea for him to write the gospel. So what's Luke's background? Well, his name is Greek, and so which means that he was either likely a Gentile, or at the very least what you would consider a Hellenistic Jew or a Greek Jew. And that would explain why he wrote a book that presented Jesus as the Savior of the world, a gospel for Gentiles as well as for Jews in this universal gospel. And by the way, what I mean by universal gospel is, is that it was intended for everyone to be able to take in and fully understand. Uh, versus a couple of the other ones that are written to specific audiences. We know that Luke was medically trained at the end of Paul's letter in the book of Colossians. He sends greetings, from, uh, greetings to them from Luke, the beloved physician. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. We also know that Luke traveled occasionally with the Apostle Paul. In addition to uh, Colossians, the only other two places in the entire Bible where Luke is mentioned is in 2 Timothy four eleven and Philemon 20, uh, two verse four, where Paul um, Philemon twenty four where Paul called Luke a fellow worker. So what we know then is that so he's a physician, he's medically trained, he he's capable of handling uh, scholarly work. We know that he was not an apostle. He was not an eyewitness to the works of Jesus. But he was a companion of Paul and certainly spent time with the other apostles. In the book of Acts, there's a few instances which Luke refers to we, including himself in the journey. That's Acts 16. uh, We've got Acts 20, Acts 21. And so it's an indication that he was traveling with the apostle Paul at the time. Which means, or what this means is that Luke was in an excellent position to know the truth about Jesus. He had access to the writings and the people who knew Jesus personally. So there's tremendous effort towards accuracy. But we also find that it's an orderly account, meaning that there is an organization to the flow of the account. That's in verse 3, to write an orderly account, he says. And so we should expect that his gospel to be organized in a very careful way, and that it should flow, and that it makes sense, and that there's this series of events that take place are, are, are sequential, and, and it's important for us to understand that. Luke's gospel is organized in a chronological manner. He told us about the events of Jesus' life and roughly the time in which they occurred. But he couldn't tell us everything. And some things are, he organized, so sometimes he organized things logically. I mean, here's some stuff that none of the gospels give us. None of the gospels give us information between when Jesus was 12 years old and when he was 30. that that's a gap in there that we don't have. Um, Why we don't have it? I'm not confident that I necessarily know, other than to know that everything we do have is everything we need. Uh, We may want some of this other stuff, but we have everything that we actually, in fact, need. And so Luke's gospel is organized in this chronological manner. And the key to understanding Luke's gospel is given to us in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, where Jesus said, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Now, Jesus often identified himself as the Son of Man, especially in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus declared that he is the Savior who had come on, on a seek and rescue mission. And so Luke organized his entire Gospel to show who Jesus is and what he had come to do in order to seek and save the lost. So one of the ways that people have... Identified uh, Luke's gospel to be organized in and be like Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 1 to chapter 4, verse 13, which is kind of an introduction to who this Son of Man is. Like who is this guy who claims to be the Savior of the world? And then you got Luke uh, 4, 14 to 9, verse 50, which is the ministry of the Son of Man. So who is he? What was his ministry? You have Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 19, verse 27 which is where you have the rejection of the Son of Man. And then Luke 19, 28 and Luke 24, 53, like that span in there, you have the salvation from the Son of Man. And so Luke's method consisted of historical accuracy, careful research, proper organization, but not just those things. And then where those things are critically important, especially to our, our information-driven minds, He had a very clear purpose, and that's verse 4, right? He told us what his purpose was, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So this guy, Theophilus, was taught some stuff, and and Luke's gospel, Luke's account, Luke's research and and orderly account of Jesus' life was intended to bring certainty to the things that he had been taught. And so when Luke said, you, he was speaking most directly to his friend, Theophilus. And there's been a lot of discussion as to whether Theophilus was actually a real person, since Theophilus can be translated as lover of God or or loved of God. And that's caused many people to say that, well, maybe that's not, not really a person, but it's anybody who is loved of God. Well, that's probably not the best way of looking at that particular name. It's more likely that Theophilus was a believer. He's probably a Roman. Um whom Luke dedicated both his gospel and the Acts of the Apostles. And so Theophilus is a character who uh, the gospel of Luke was dedicated towards as well as the Acts of the Apostles. And so from that fact that Luke applies to him the title Most Excellent, it's the same title that Paul uses in addressing Felix in Acts 23 and 24, Festus, In Acts 26, it's been concluded that Theophilus was probably a person of rank uh, in Rome, likely a soldier or, or a person who would have had some measure of, I don't want to say superiority, but some measure of affluence, that kind of thing. Luke wanted Theophilus to know about Jesus, and he wanted him to be absolutely certain about the good news of Jesus. That's the focus here. He wanted him to be certain about the good news of Jesus. And I think this is what we need as well. We need this certainty about the things we have been taught. Many people have grown up in the church, and in growing up in the church, we've learned all these different things about who Jesus is. We've been taught things. But the Gospel of Luke, even though we've been taught things from the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke's intention is to give us certainty about the things that we have been taught. And so of all the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke is, is really emphasized in this as a historical record and account of Jesus. So I do think this is what you and I need as well. assurance, certain knowledge about the person and work of Jesus and the salvation that comes through Him and only through Him. Like we need to know who Jesus is. We need to know for sure that He's fully human, fully divine. We need to know that Jesus, what Jesus came to do, that He came to live and to die and to rise again from the dead to save sinners like us who look to Him for salvation. Like this is what Luke does for us. Luke's gospel is for anyone who needs to know Jesus. It's for people who have never met Jesus before. It's for people who need to meet him again, and as if it's for the very first time. It's for people who aren't quite sure about Jesus, for people who are just starting to trust him, and for people who have known him an incredibly long time, but still need to become more secure in their faith. You wanna become more secure in your faith? I mean, this is what Luke's intention is in his writing. It's for everyone who needs certainty. So, as we go through the Gospel of Luke together in this next series that we'll be doing, well, until we're done the Gospel of Luke, we invite you to join us in walking through it and gaining certainty in faith. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for our time together. And I pray, Lord, that as we, Lord, as we dive into this searching for this certainty, that we would be able to look at Luke's Gospel and recognize that he's done so much work for us so that we may be able to have certainty about the things that we have been taught. And so, Lord God, would we be a people who dive into it with an open heart and an open mind. In your name I pray, Lord, amen.